Hi, and welcome to the podcast ministry of New Life Church in Springfield, Ohio. We hope that the transformative truths of God's Word impact, challenge, and bless you. We're going to go Job chapter 1. Job chapter 1 today. I, I do pray that this message is not as disjointed as it feels, but I, I just feel like that, you know, the... I really have something I want to communicate as a very particular thought, um, you know, for recovery and for uh, for, for moving past the traumas uh, that uh, that life and the enemy can inflict on us. Sometimes uh, uh, you you look like you're okay, you look like you've bounced back from this thing, but deep down inside, you know you're not where you're supposed to be or doing what you're supposed to do um, because you're deeply wounded with with no way to really recover that part of you. Anybody ever been there? Like you, you look okay, like you know, people would assume that you're okay, but there, there's a part of you that is broken and that you, you don't know how to recover that part of, of you. And maybe only you and God know about it, but I believe that, that he can do that. I mean, he can restore uh, what the enemy comes against and what he destroys. Job chapter 1 and verse 1. There was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job, And that man was blameless and upright, one who feared God and shunned evil. Somebody say, shun evil. Good. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. This is actually a good thing. You know, people, you know, some people are like, love, some people are like, oh, Lord, you know, the, the trials have already started. He has seven kids, seven boys. Now, this is a great thing. He, he's, he's blessed. He has seven sons and three daughters born to him. Also, his possessions were 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camel, 500 yoke of oxen, 500 female donkeys, a very large household, big house, so that his, this man was the greatest of all the people in the east. So what we got out of that is this is a blessed man. And his sons would go and feast in their houses each at his appointed day and would send and invite three sisters to eat and drink with them. And I just realized this as I was reading the scripture. Uh, seven sons, like that, that's a lot. That is, uh, that, man, that's so much sweaty, you know, sweaty boys coming in from playing. I mean, that's, that, that's a lot to deal with. But um, they, they each had their own household and that they would go and then they would have, uh, you know, food on each different day, which is kind of a nice little system, kind of interesting system. You know, where, where are we going today? Today's Tuesday. We're going over to this kid's house, and they're going to have to clean up all the dishes. And so then you can take all your enormous family over there and then destroy his house and then somebody else's house the next day and so on and so forth. And then finally Sunday comes. You go back to the oldest you know, house, uh, and then that's kind of how they operated. Um, but they were somewhere different every day. I just realized that. You know, seven, seven sons, seven days of the week. So everybody had their own day which is a very complete picture of, of Job's family. Uh, you might say, you know, seven being the number of completion, of totality, uh, you know, of, of godly perfection. Seven's uh, a big deal when it comes to numerology and reading your Bible. You understand seven's kind of a thing. You see that a lot. You know, seven days of creation, you know, seven times around Jericho, sevens, you know, they're, they're, that, that's a, there's a lot of sevens, and this is no uh, exception. Um, they're somewhere every single day. They're going to this guy's house or that guy's house. So this uh, is a really powerful picture of everything being the way it's supposed to be. In his life, it's really the way he wants it to be because the Bible goes on to say um, that that Job would would send, he would sanctify them. So he was taking part in what's going on. He was kind of you know coming behind. Um, you know, you've made it as a dad because honestly, if you have it set up to where you're going to somebody else's house to eat every single day except for your own, and then just go in there, and then boom, 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 boom. Up oh, Tuesday, we're going to go here get their stuff, and then he had it made a little bit, so he would go to each one and then come back home and not have to worry about it. It's a pretty good system. He had. Really just a complete life. 
He had a bazillion animals and servants and people. Everything was right in his life. And enter Satan, stage left. Verse 6 says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And the Lord said to Satan, From where do you come? And Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and walking back and forth on it. That sounds theological. What it is is cheeky, really. That's a smart aleck answer. You know, you have, you, like, like whenever I'm like eating something, and then Sister Polly, who's not here to defend herself, will be like, what, you know, what do you got there? And I'll just kind of hide it, or, you know, and then I'll just like, you know, leave the room with, with you know, whatever the snack is, the beef jerky or something like that. Nothing. Nothing. Or, or like whenever, uh, whenever the, you know, the kids or one of, one of my dogs or, or, you know, the kids that, that she babysits will come, what do you got in your mouth? Any parents ever had, how many times have you said that as a parent? <laughs> what do you got in your mouth? Yeah, absolutely, that's right, nothing, nothing. And then you have to go wrestle them down and take it from, uh, that, it's, it's, it's a smart look answer. Satan says, I've been, I've been you know, going here and there, you know, walking back and forth. And the Lord said to Satan, have you considered, you know, while you're out there doing nothing, have you considered my servant Job? And that there is none like him on the earth, a blameless and upright man, one who fears God and shuns evil. So Satan answered to the Lord and said, does Job fear God for nothing? Like, is there, is there no, is, isn't there a reason beyond just your goodness and who you are? Have you not made a hedge around him, around his household, and around all that he has on every side? You have blessed him in the work of his hands and the possessions and increased in the land. But now stretch out your hand and touch him and all that he has, and surely he will curse you to your face. And the Lord said to Satan, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not lay a hand on his person. I mean, do, you cannot kill him. He was not allowed to take his life. So Satan went out from the presence of the Lord. And here's where it gets, uh, it gets rough. How, you, um, most of you have read this passage of Scripture. I would think at some time or another you've heard about it. But it, even still, it's so hard to imagine when you take the time to actually think about what this man is about to go through. You know, you just you almost cringe as you hear this passage getting ready to be to be read. Now there was a day when his sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house, and the messenger came to Job and said, The oxen were plowing, the donkeys feeding beside him, when the Sabaeans raided them and took them away. Indeed, they've killed all the servants with the edge of the sword, and I alone have escaped to tell you. This is terrible news, right? You know, this is like, you know, this is, this is the stock market crashing or this is your company closing down, basically. Or, or you know, getting a call and say, you know, well, you know, we know your, your 401k, like, you know, I, it's, just, it's gone. Like all these, this stuff has happened. This horrible stuff has happened. Um, but, uh, but at that point, Job has a little bit of a framework still yet. I mean, you know, praise God, still got my camels, right? You know, the, the, the oxen and the donkeys are gone. I still got my camels, which is good. That helps us to deal with stuff, you know. Uh, you, you ever given yourself context whenever you walk through something? You have a time when you've, you, where you've lost or things are just difficult, but you're like, you know, thank God I still got this. I still got that. Amen. I've heard people testify. I still got my health. I praise God for that. You know, whenever they're, you know, they've gone through something difficult. Uh, I've heard this kind of thing. But while he was still speaking, also there came another and said, The fire of God fell from heaven and burned up the sheep and the servants and consumed them. I alone have escaped to tell you. He's like, man, the sheep, too. This is weirdly timed. This is a terrible, terrible day. But, you know, thank God I've still got, you know, there's, you know, thank God I've still got some camels. Got a bunch of camels. You know, we're going to be all right. And while he was still speaking, 
Another came and said, The Chaldeans formed three bands, raided the camels, and took them away, yes, and killed the servants with the edge of the sword, and I'm the only one who's escaped to tell you. The bad things usually come in threes, right? That, that, that's kind of an old saying. It just seems that way. Does anyone ever seem, seem like, I, I don't have theology for that, but does it seem like that? Sometimes, you know, whenever, you know, anytime two bad things are kind of happen, you're kind of like, you're still in defense mode because you're like, oh, you know, bad things, just for whatever reason, they tend to come in threes. Uh, but this time, it, it comes in fours, which is just a little bit more than what Job can handle, honestly. Um, the enemy, his, his job and his goal is not to push you to the edge, it's to push you over the edge without the context of who God is to anchor and sustain you. So while he was still speaking, another also came and said, Your sons and your daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly, a great wind came across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house. And it fell, and Job's like, No, please, 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 no, 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 no. Interrupts him. He said, Do you want to hear the rest or not? Suddenly there was a great wind. It came from the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have come and escaped to tell you. And Job is sitting there thinking, are you serious? Are you serious? I've always been so blessed. What, any other, what is today? It's Tuesday. No, today's not, it's Sunday. Any day but Sunday. They're all at that house. It could have been any other day. God, and it would have been an empty house. And I would have lost nothing. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there? And, and then you're just like, God, why, why this way? Why right now? Why, why couldn't you have sustained me? Why, why, why did that have to happen? It's not even hardly statistically possible. Of course. Of course, God. The, the one time, uh, you know, it had to be a Sunday that that house collapsed. And not just, not just my firstborn, but every single one of them. And so what was perfect what was a perfect system? Do you know what I mean? Uh, you know, every day we're all at somebody's house, and, and uh, what do you know? We've got you know seven guys just you know for the days of the week, and we all go over to this person's house on Sundays. And, and the storm had to come then. God, that's so brutal. That's so it's so un- unfeeling. It's so unfair. And, and, and any day but Sunday for that house to collapse and kill literally my whole family. Every perfect to devastation. You and me, we don't have the framework to deal with that in ourselves. We don't. Job arose and tore his robe and shaved his head and fell to the ground and worshipped. And he said, naked I came from my mother's womb and naked shall I return there. The Lord gave and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And all this Job did not sin or charge God with wrong. Amazing reaction. It's not always the reaction we have though, is it? See, everything makes sense in his life. God is blessing. A good God is making good times happen. It's not perfect, but it's good. And everybody has this equilibrium at some point. Now I'm going to try and make an application. This is going to be very difficult for, uh, to, to kind of really communicate the fullness of what I feel like God has given me in this period of time. Uh, but all of us have a good life. 
we have an equilibrium of some kind. Some of us have, you know, are, are in one place, and you know, everything seems to be you know, going together. Your know, job's going good. House is going good. You know, there's, there's, you know, it's, it's good. Relationships are solid. You know, finances are the best place they've been in six years. Like, you know, I'm kind of blessed right now. I feel like you know, that's, that's good. That might be your story. Or it may be that you're on the other side of that, and you're staring bills you know, in the face, and, and it's, it's a difficult time. Your health is not where it has been before, and... Uh, and so, you know, you don't feel like you're quite on top of the mountain. However, um, as humans, we develop a little bit of an equilibrium uh, eventually, right? You know, that's normal. And you think about Job. Well, yeah, Job was happy. He, you know, um, you know everything was perfect. No wonder he's full of joy and he you know, loves God. Everything's perfect. You've got seven kids and different places to eat every day. Everything's good. He's got a lot of cows, a lot of donkeys. Don't really know what to do with those. But back then, that was a great thing. Everything's perfect. Not really. Now, think about this. Job has never brushed his teeth with toothpaste once in his life. There is no indoor plumbing whatsoever. There is, this poor woman has birthed 10 children naturally with no help of any modern medicine whatsoever. If Job had a kidney stone, what are you going to do? Just be miserable. Like that's a, um, you know, if you if you go, and everybody has to go to the dentist at some point. You got a sore tooth, a toothache that's just killing you. There's no, you know, there, there's nothing like that. So Job's life wasn't perfect. It was very blessed, but it wasn't perfect. So don't set yourself up to be like, you know, uh, I, I'm, you know, my life doesn't look like that. You are honestly, if you live in the United States of America, you're already in the 99.9 percentile of all history. Just the fact that if one of you falls out right now in horrible, awful pain for some reason, um, we're going to pick you up, we're going to put you in, in Justin's truck and throw you in the back, and we're going to take you to the hospital, and they're going to treat you, and they're going to get it under control, if you have insurance or not. It's true. That is very blessed. We're sitting in here, you know, there, there's, it, you know we're in climate-controlled environment. Everything is nice. Everything is beautiful. So we need to take a step back and realize how blessed we really are. Now, I know you still do have trauma. You just still have issues and, and pain and things. But, but honestly, you're pretty blessed when it comes right down to it. This is crazy, but I would rather be me than Job at the height. Right? Just based on my tonsillectomy alone. That's kind of, have you ever thought of it that way? I'm serious. Like, if I could switch and be the richest man in the East in Job's day or me right now, and the okayest guy, maybe in, in, in my area, I would much rather be where I'm. So you are blessed. You are incredibly blessed. We have a framework. There are people in this building who live in constant pain. And even they will say, I have good days and bad days. Some of you don't understand that. You've never been there. But there are people even here who have developed a little bit of an equilibrium. You know, he had good and he had bad, he had problems, he had issues, um, but everything in his life fit into the context, the framework of his understanding and concept of God's goodness. And then something happens that he has no way to explain, absorb, or understand. Uh, here's my, my buzzword for today, trauma. Trauma happens. See, there's something that happens whenever you sustain a severe injury uh, in your body. I don't know if anyone's ever, like, you know, broken something or just, like, really, really got hurt. Or, you know, maybe, you know, somebody you were around got terribly injured. You know, like, broke the femur, you know, bone, like the big bone in your leg or something like that. Or, or you know, um, I, I don't know. Steve, what's the biggest bone you've broken? 
Iron Man. Ben, what's the biggest bone you've broken? What is we? Man, grain fed. You've been a skateboarder for a while. What's the biggest bone you've broken? Collarbone. Collarbone. Was that brutal? Did it hurt terrible right at first? Right. Thank you. I'm so glad that you're a normal human being. You process that in a normal way because that's where we're going here. Something happens called shock. Um, and that's when you, you, you don't really feel the fullness of the pain immediately because, uh, you know, you've just broken that, that limb or you, you've done something, you know, uh, whatever you got hit. You, know, you, you, you get in a car crash even that can happen. And immediately you don't feel the full effects of, of, of the injury. You know, and people here who work in the, in the health industry, you, you understand um, that, you know, there's a dangerous thing that happens. And, and loosely, I mean, for, for the purposes of where we're going today, what happens when your body goes into shock is it has sustained a trauma or an injury or, or some kind of hurt that it just does not really have the framework or the context to fully deal with in that moment. So it just kind of puts everything on lockdown. You can't really feel everything the way you normally would. And you don't feel, you almost feel nothing. You're almost a little bit numb. You're almost a little bit confused. And your body goes into this, into this shock. To where you, you, you don't even react. And then eventually the pain, once, a, once your body can, can build a little bit of a framework around what's actually happened to you that's so horrible. And then the pain starts shooting through the leg. And, and then it gets terrible. And then it shoots up. You know, and, and you're in bad shape. But initially, uh, there's a shock that happens. This happens emotionally and spiritually as well. Uh, there are some things that the enemy can level against you. There are some things that I've seen people walk through, abuse or hurt or betrayal or, or just loss or pain. And, and, and I'm serious. Sometimes it's, it's not as easy for me to explain what has happened as it was physically. You know, he broke his leg. He went into shock. He couldn't really feel it. And then all of a sudden, you know, Skylar's collarbone, you know, now he's starting to feel, oh, man, this hurts terrible. But at first, my body kind of dealt with it uh, because it was just, it was beyond what my body could really understand it couldn't even frame what was going on it was so bad and that happens to people spiritually a trauma something maybe that someone who's listening to me preach here today you have walked through something that you just don't have the spiritual framework to really make sense out of you have undergone a loss or a problem or a hurt or a betrayal or an abuse in your life and it just doesn't fit neatly within like the yeses and the noes and how church is supposed to be, how families are supposed to be, how a dad's supposed to treat you know, his family, how a husband's supposed to treat his wife. It doesn't fit into the framework of what I understand and, and, and my, my understanding. I'm just broken. I don't, this is so far. This hurts so bad. So much worse than I even know really what to deal with. And and I just, I can't. I can't spiritually. I can't recover because I, I cannot bring this into the context of what God could possibly allow me to undergo. It's what trauma is. There is a type of harm that can come from emotional or mental abuse. And we call it trauma. And a lot of times, the people who are suffering with that the most, you don't really know because they're numb. They're not really good at explaining it because it's just fundamentally changed who they are. It has spiritually changed who they are because they don't have the context to anchor that pain to the overarching framework of who they are, who God is. 
Job loses everything, and from where he is at, that, that's just too much to handle, honestly. All that in one day, that's just too much. It's too much to deal with in one time. Um, you, you lose your whole wealth, you lose your health, you lose your family, you lose uh, everything, just one after another. After It's just a cruel joke. Uh, he just doesn't have um, the ability to do that, to deal with that kind of a loss. He was not equipped to fully deal with that kind of loss. And I am speaking to somebody here today, and I know that. Speaking to several somebodies here today. And I feel resistance because you don't want nobody to touch that wounded area. Because I came here today to minister to that area that you have covered up, that, that you have just kind of set aside, that you don't want anybody uh, to, uh, you know, to, to stir. Because, you know, what, what do we do when we get hurt? Yeah, that pressure makes me, you know, you hit your, hand, your, your, your thumb with a nail. Somebody hurts their shoulder. I'm going to hold it. I'm going to put pressure on it. I'm going to protect it from the world. I'm going to protect it from everything. But the thing is, you, you right now, you're protecting it from your healing. And you have got to release that trauma, that hurt, before God. Job is in terrible shape. He's lost his children, and his wife is a hateful, vengeful, bitter person who's past her prime. So that's not a real good prognosis for the next wave of kids. Because even where they came from is now, like that relationship is now broken. Yeah. His health. And again, no doctors, not even any essential oils, nothing. No help. Nothing. He is physically, he's got boils that big. And dogs are licking them. That's not a real good prognosis for future health. The wealth. You know, you get to the point where you're like, man, he'd really built that up. Well, can't you do it? No, he's old. He's past his prime. Like, that was a whole lifetime's inheritance and work that had got him to where there's no way to ever achieve that again. Whole life's work is gone. And your trauma, I I believe with all my heart that somebody under the sound of my voice, maybe many people, um, you have been through something so hard that your heart has not found a mechanism for dealing with it right. This is not psychology 101. This is the word of God, and I want to I give you God's answer to your pain. Because I, I, I don't know psychology well enough to, to give you a five-step process, or a two. I only have one-step processes, and that's there. It's the altar. It's seeking God. But what you need to know about what you will encounter in your time of trauma, that I can tell you. You don't have the mechanism for dealing with it so you just don't deal with it. And it's destroying you, your happiness, your relationships with God, your relationships with your family, your relationships with your spouse, perhaps. What do we do? I, I told you this message may feel a little bit disjointed, but I'm just, I, I desperately need to, to communicate this to somebody. And if you're here and you're good, then praise God. You're on, you're on the team, you're on the side that is pulling, that, is a, that, that believes in, in these other people who are broken and, and is praying that God will minister to them. Amen? What do you do whenever what you have walked through and what the enemy has done in your life and what life has handed you is so bad and so hard that you really don't even have the, the framework to deal with it. 
because you can get there. I know my Bible front to back, and there have been times in my life when I couldn't find a scripture for what I was dealing with. Not exactly. Now, there were scriptures about God's overarching goodness, and, you know, and, and I knew, but there, there were times when I, I just, I just, I, I couldn't even find a scripture that specifically dealt with, you know, how I was feeling in that moment. There are times whenever, you know, it just doesn't make sense, even with God's goodness and the fact that he has the last say and even the fact that he'll balance all the checkbooks, you know, once we all get to heaven. Like, even that just kind of fails to, uh, you know, to, to, to empathize with where you're at and what you've been through. What do you do whenever the trauma is so bad that you really don't have any kind of framework for it? And this is what I found. Piano, you can, you can come. Thank you. First of all, you need to know that he cares. He cares. God cares about where you're at right now. You have walked through the pain. You've walked through the trauma, but you have not walked through it alone. God has been there every step of the way he understands. The word of God says in 1 Peter 5 and 6 through 7, Therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting your cares upon him. For he cares for you. So what do I do? What, 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 is, what, what can I do whenever uh, you know, th- th- these things that surround me, these things that have attacked me and hurt me and, and injured me, whenever it's too much for me to kind of put in its neat little box and for me to kind of just uh, deal with spiritually and say, okay, well, you know, that's, you know, that's okay, but here's the answer to that, and God's good, and we're going to be okay. Whenever it's not like that anymore, whenever my system of dealing with loss has broken down, and I, I don't have any answers hardly anymore. I, I don't understand how we get through this one. What do I do when that system is just completely broken down and, and, I, and I can't deal with it? I try to be a good little soldier. I try to be a good Christian. I, I've, I've tried, but, but this thing, I wasn't ready. I used, to, I used to preach. I used to minister. I used to be on the prayer team. I used to do whatever. And, and all of a sudden, this thing that I don't have proper context for, I don't have a framework to put this into. I don't have a, a, a drawer for this. If you've never been there, maybe you will. And I, and I pray that in that moment, you will understand that he cares for you. And that the old, sometimes the only thing that you can do with that level of hurt and pain is to cast it on him. Because he cares for you. It's hard to do because it's easy to hold on to those things. It's easy to just not feel anything when trauma comes. David, the psalmist, he had a great answer because he knew what that was like. He really did. Because it wasn't all lion killing and giant killing and and harp solos. Okay, it wasn't all all harp solos and you sell out albums for David. It was partly, partly that. And you can kind of build a new life, a new framework around that. But I remember there's also a time Whenever his son has betrayed him, the spirit of Absalom, you know, has, has risen up and Absalom has now come against David and kicked him out of his own house and, and is doing the horrible, horrible things. And, and he's running for his own life. Um, you know, he's losing. He, and then eventually he sees Absalom dead, knowing good and well that it's because of the things that he did. David understood what it was like to be in physical pain, to be surrounded by pain and trauma terrible things. He understood what that was like. He had walked through that. 
And so here, he, let me tell you what, what he writes. Hear my cry, O God. Attend to my prayer. From the end of the earth I will cry to you. When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I am. My heart is overwhelmed. That means whenever, whenever exactly what, what, what the preacher is talking about has occurred in your life, when my heart is overwhelmed, when I no longer have a neat system for dealing with these things and be like, okay, well, we'll get it next month or you know, it'll work out, you know, it's going to be fine. Whenever it's not going to be fine. See, if your heart is not yet overwhelmed, then you still have some answers. You still have some context. But my friend, I'm preaching to somebody here today where context has been lost because the trauma is severe. The reason why physical trauma happens and, and shock happens is your body don't know what to do with that pain. And so it just shuts down. It literally does not know what to do with that pain in that moment. And I'm preaching to somebody who doesn't know what to do with their pain. Now you can force it down and let it change you from the inside out to somebody you never wanted to be. Or you can do something very, very, very hard and very, very different. You can either force that down or you can say, God, I don't understand this. I don't get this. And I don't feel emotionally or spiritually equipped to deal with this. Lord, will you take it from me? Will you take the stuff that I can't handle because you said you would and I'm going to trust you with my pain it's really hard to trust somebody with your pain trust them with a lot of things I only trust a few people with my tools but I trust even fewer people with my pain and so that's what God would ask of you even now he says he cares but can you believe it and he says, cast your cares upon me. And David says, whenever my heart is overwhelmed, whenever the context and the framework of dealing with hurt has broken down entirely, and I don't get it anymore, and I don't know what to do with it, and it's destroying me, it's, it's overwhelmed me. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I am.